And we're back. Whoa. It's been a while. A little bit. A little bit. What, a month and a half? About so. I did say about right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So, let's get right into it. Episode 26 of the 100 of Some Movie Thing podcast. Uh, we're we're going to be talking about number 75 on the AFI Top 100 Movies of All Time list. In the Heat of the Night. Interesting. Yes. Very interesting. So, which when did this one come out? 1967. 1967. So, yes. um, what's this movie about? This movie um, <clears throat> is about a small town sheriff who has to deal with a murder mm-hmm. on his street. His street? The one street they have the in this street. town? Yes, it's a very small town. Okay. Um, and he is beset by a uh, detective, a police detective mm-hmm. from Philadelphia, yeah, who um, is the top of his at the top of his department. Really, solves the most crimes. Oh, uh, is highly recommended by his captain. But mm-hmm. this being the South in 1967, the fact that the police uh, detective from Philadelphia is also black Ooh. is a serious issue. So this is a movie about some racist motherfuckers. This movie is about the changing times in America, and it was made at the time that things were changing, or shortly after. And it still, I think, I think will will resonate a little bit today. I, I think that some things are going to be terribly anachronistic. They're going to be a little bit. Um, it's gonna it's gonna seem to you that uh, there really isn't. Or really wasn't a time when this could have taken place, uh, but then again, it might, uh, it might not. It might strike you as, um, as uh, all too uh, familiar from this present day as well. Hmm. So we shall see how that goes. Okay. All right. Let's do it. All right. Here all right. we go. Woo. In the heat of the night. All right. They got a murder on their hands. They don't know what to do with it. That is the tagline for In the Heat of the Night. Yes. So is that was that a, is that a comment on the incompetence of the police, which they <laughs> seem to have in this film? Oh, my God. <laughs> All of that. Okay, so did they make this movie to make, to make, the, um, to make Mr. Tibbs um, seem <laughs> more intelligent than them? Because they were going off of circumstantial evidence, and he was the one who was actually like trying to solve the case. And the only time that he was kind of, like, going off the rails slightly was when he was going after rich white guy who had a botanical garden. Yeah. S- circumstantial, you say? Yeah. Why, that white that white fella running across the field there, he had that he had that poor fella's wallet. They arrested Mr. Tibbs within 15 minutes of the film opening. <laughs> That's true. And do you know why? Because he was the only black man at the train station. Exactly right. In fact, the only one at the train station. Not a very well-populated town. No, not at all. Yeah. That is true. Um, so let's uh, let's do a brief, a brief synopsis. Brief, brief, brief synopsis brief, of brief. this film. Um, a uh, a man comes to town. All we see is his feet and his suitcase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Train pulls into town. Yeah. To the to the. Uh, to the strains of In the Heat of the Night. In uh, the Heat of the Night. By, by Ray Charles. Oh, it's going to be one of those days, is it? Yeah, it kind of is. Right. Um, 
So yeah, uh, he comes to town. Uh, we are introduced to uh, a sheriff's deputy mm-hmm. uh, who who likes to eat pie. Eat pie at the diner. Yep. But the diner owner doesn't ever. He hides it. He hides the pie. It's a little bit of shenanigans. He, he gives. It, he like tries to convince him to dr- eat the <clears throat> shitty old slice of pie. Right, because it's the only one he's got in. He's it's the only one he's got in the diner. It's one. It's the one that's left. It's the right. only one so that's left. Set up a little bit of a a little bit of a, a friction there. Yeah. All right. So the, the sheriff, the the sheriff's deputy, drives, drives around through his ta- through the town. Yeah. Stops in front of a one particular house on Third, na- I believe. Yeah, with a naked lady and with a, a very clever censoring with the window pane. The window pane, yes, yes, yeah. yes. It's two o'clock in the morning, and it's. It's dark outside, of course, and mm-hmm. she's inside a well-lit room. Yep. Naked. Naked. Drinking Dr. Pepper. Was she drinking Dr. Pepper? I believe so. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe it was a Coca-Cola. Because it, it was, was Coke, Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper, and then, like, Pepsi came in there somewhere. Did it? I, I think so. I don't remember the Pepsi. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so um, he then discovers a body. Yeah, he's driving through the town, and he finds a body. Yes, uh, in an alleyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm guessing it was the first time he had seen a body. He uh, just... Because of the way he reacted and mm-hmm. got all freaked out, yeah. then he got some blood on him, Somehow. on his hand. Yeah, he, he was like checking the dude for <gasps> oh no blood. Ah. Yeah, and then the coroner, and then like the next scene is like the the police chief and the coroner are there. Yeah, and they had the like the one hick dude with a camera. Right. In yeah. In the town. Yeah, and they want to wait for daylight for the photographs because you got to get he wants he wants to wait for daylight so he can get better photographs. It's like it's like no, no take the take t- the photographs take the, now, get everything. Photo- yeah. yeah. Um, so the police chief is, uh, he doesn't know what to do with it. He yeah. got himself a murder. Yeah. A murder. A murder. And, uh, who was the guy that was murdered? It was the, um, the gentleman who was going it to... It turns out he was an engineer, uh, who was bringing his company down from Chicago... Yeah. ...to build in this small town where he could take advantage of the fact that there were a lot of unemployed people... Mm-hmm. ...to build, I don't know, widgets, I thought he was gonna, doohickeys. he was gonna build a factory, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was going to do that. So, so you know, of course, this guy being killed is going to be a problem for the town because, well, you know, you can't go, you can't go and kill your benefactors like that. Yeah, that doesn't look good. Doesn't look good at all. Yeah. So, um, the the sheriff's deputy, uh, being a diligent uh, uh, upholder of the law, Mm -hmm. uh, drives around the town until he finds. A black man in a train station. Yeah. And we are introduced to Sidney Poitier, who uh, who is very compliant. The guy walks in, pulls his gun, and says, stand up and turn around. Yeah. And then he's arrested. Yep. Uh, taken to the jail, mm-hmm. uh, where he... is uh, sat down in the police chief's office. Yeah, that was an interesting... Uh, they took him right to the police chief to talk. Yeah. I got him, of, boss! I got him. This is the guy right here. Yeah. This is the one. He was trying to leave town. Yep. Um, and, he, and then he introduces himself as as detective... Yeah, he throws down his badge, Detective... Uh, uh, no. No, no he doesn't. He out of his says, pocket. I'm a police officer. What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I think, as I recall... From Philadelphia. As I, I recall, the, for the, the second that he Memphis revealed train. that little... As he revealed that little tidbit of information, as I recall, we were both watching it, and then he just says, I'm a police officer, and I'm just like, ah, shit. (laughs) So, um... Because it's one thing to be racist, it's another thing to be racist and arrest a cop. Well, I I don't know, maybe. Maybe Maybe. not. Um, I think that was kind of one of the points of the film, is that, uh, 
is that it didn't matter what his job was. It didn't matter who he was. He was black, and that was it. Yeah. Um, so, I, being a homicide detective, and they decide to, they decide to call his police, his chief, Mr. Tibbs' chief, so that he can verify who this fellow is uh-huh. and uh, verify his story. So they wake him up. Yep. They wake um, up the chief. And yeah. then he says, and then the, the chief says that uh, they need to, he needs to stay, stick around and help them with their investigation because he's the number one homicide guy. To which, to which I believe he says, I don't have to do jack shit because you just arrested me, you cracker motherfuckers. <laughs> and promptly walks out the door. Uh, right? That's how this movie ends, right? Pretty, pretty much, yes. No. Until he comes, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. But because it's an early formula film, yeah. I mean, and that's one of the things that I really kind of, uh, watching this film, it really, it really kind of jumps out at you that this is, this is a buddy cop flick yeah. that is thrown together as, you know, here's two, two diametrically opposed people who are thrown together to solve a mystery, right? and they end up with a grudging respect for each other. Yeah. You know. Here's the thing, though, is that I think that Mr. Tibbs is completely justified in saying no. He is 100%, oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. 120% justified in of saying course. no. But, yeah. at the same time, without that without that justification behind him, yeah. the movie would cease to be interesting. That is true. Because there would be no conflict. If he so, just said, fuck it, I'm out. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to get back on that train. Which I'm going to go back on the train times. and get back to, the, get back to Memphis. Yeah. Yeah, that is kind of funny. They keeps waiting for the next. The next train is going to come. And then in the like chief shows up. He's six like, hours, and yeah. then the chief shows up and said, "Get back in here and do this investigation." He doesn't. He at one point he insults <laughs> him into going back. He's like, "What? You think you're not good enough? You think this yeah, is exactly. too hard?" Exactly. Yeah. Um, also, there was this. There was a kind of a strange undercurrent of of. Uh, it's like they were trying to be kind of hip and mod. Kind of like in the '60s, in the in the late, yeah, that yeah. was that was when everything was was cool, you know. Hey, Daddy O, what now? You don't, you're okay. So, um, <laughs> yeah, because you know he calls him a cat and he calls him man. Daddy, hey, man, Daddy O. I don't think he called him Daddy O. Did he not call no. him Daddy O? But uh, you dig, you dig. Yes, I'm going to I'm going to run this investigation my way. You dig, you dig. <laughs> like wow, <laughs> okay, yes. I dig. I dig this hole that you're not going to be able to crawl yourselves out of. I dig very much. Um, okay. So they investigate the murder. They investigate the. They get the wife of the guy who's staying at one of the, uh, one of this uh, inexplicably large hotels in this town. Yeah, they're, they're really well equipped for uh, they a had, town that's in the center of L.A. I mean Illinois. <laughs> it was filmed in Illinois, but it was supposed to be set in uh, Mississippi. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Well, and they actually considered shooting in Mississippi until they realized that because of all the civil rights protests and things yeah. that were going on, that they actually couldn't go and, and shoot there because that would be... Well, bad. That would be bad. That could be very dangerous for Mr. Poitier. I, I would imagine so. Yeah. yeah. But they did shoot one scene in Mississippi. They flew them in, mm-hmm. and they shot a scene where they were driving through cotton fields. Oh, yeah. And oh, as yeah. they're going, as they're going to the the rich old white man's house, did did, did that remind you slightly of the scene um, from I'm going to use a modern film now? Please do. Doesn't it kind of remind you of the scene when they were dry, going up to the plantation in Django Unchained? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, when he yeah, met yeah, Colonel yeah. Sanders, bro. When they're driving, when they're dri- yeah, when they're when they're going up with the when he wears the blue suit. Yes. Oh yeah. God, that was that was an awesome scene. But, yeah. So yeah. So very much. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't know that you could say that. 
you know, Tarantino necessarily, you know, swiped it from there, but it's definitely a, you know, there's also a Gone with the Wind kind of overtone. Yeah, the, a little stuff. bit. Yeah. But yeah, very much, you, you, they, they do a long tracking shot of these black field hands picking cotton by hand, and mm-hmm. there's also a, uh, a thresher in the yeah. field as well picking. Yeah, that's so the they're all thing. out there, but there's also a machine doing the same job. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thrusters are expensive, and they, and they drive past, and there's it's kind of they took a lot of a lot of different shots. Yeah, they did. Um, and it's telling that those weren't just extras that they put in a field. Like, okay, so for 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 Django, mm-hmm. they had extras that they hired, put in a field. That and then, was set dressed to look like a cotton field, or may very well have been a cotton field, depending on where they shot the, f- the film. Mm-hmm. But they had a cotton field, and they had extras who were being paid to pretend that they were picking cotton. Yeah. And in the heat of the night, they were shooting on a plantation, on a cotton farm. Mm-hmm. Maybe not a plantation, technically. <laughs> but they were shooting on a cotton farm, yeah. where the people who were picking cotton were the people who were picking cotton. <laughs> Okay. In real life, they were not extras. All right, they were they were the real cotton pickers. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So um, after after Mr. Tibbs agrees to kind of run the investigation, he performs an autopsy. Or sorry. yeah, <laughs> he he performs an autopsy, yes. but the budget didn't allow them to cut into a fake body, so he kind of just like slaps it around a little bit and well, plays he's, with the neck. He's just he was checking toes. validity and checking yeah. and checking. Uh, Rigor mortis and and you know modern modern terms and things like that. And yeah, I'm sorry. Even in 2012, even in 2013, we still cut that shit open. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah. But no, what I'm saying is that he he was also making a point yeah. that they had not done any real investigation, that they had miscalculated the body temperature, mm-hmm. they had not taken any fiber samples, they had not done any sort of investigation to find out where the guy was actually killed. Yeah. Because it was apparently apparent from the crime scene photos that he had not been killed where he was. Yeah, he'd been moved. He'd been moved. Um, so that he had been hit on the head with a stick and, you know, the, a, bunch, a bunch of things that, that he just kind of pointed out to them. It was a nice exposition for us, and we're yeah. getting it from, yeah, we're but getting it from the, the outsider, so we'll be more likely to believe the, the story mm-hmm. than if it was the, the, uh, the, backwards, home, the backwards town uh, coroner who was saying, well, you know, I did an investigation, and although I live in a racist town, I myself am degreed from seven different universities, and I have been coroning for, you know, like, yeah, there's no way that character's going to show up in a movie like this. Yeah. So you got the guy who comes from the outside to say, all right, so here's the here's the deal. I'm yeah. looking at this guy, and I can see this, 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 and this. Yeah. And you guys missed it all because you're dumb crackers. I, I really... <laughs> that that's, that's kind of the thing about these kind of, like, these racial undertone films that it's like they make undertone wow shut up <laughs> they make they make one one side or the other they make either the white guys look like they either make them look really smart or really stupid okay so I, I don't you have you have just you have just cracked open a conceit in filmmaking mm-hmm. okay why is the police chief never the smart guy because the outside for if the outside force is dumb, then why are they here? Right. Because if the police chief were able to solve the crime, he wouldn't need the detective. True. We wouldn't have anybody to watch. He'd be the detective. We'd be watching a different movie. 
Okay, fair enough. But, but we also know yeah. police chiefs are not supposed to be the ones out solving the crimes. Right. They're not experts. But it's still one of those things they where could they... could be. They were. They True. were detectives. I mean, police chiefs don't just come out of, you know, they don't just pop off a tree fully formed. They have to be grown. Some of them are nurtured. Elected. Some of them are, whatever. But, <laughs> well, yeah, in this case, the, the, guy was, the guy was brought in from another town. Yeah. But we can assume that he has had some police training. He knows what he's doing. It's not right. just a guy with a badge and a gun right. and a hat. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. He he does, but without that, and that's and it's true of it's true of every Arnold Schwarzenegger film. Mm-hmm. It's true of every Sylvester Stallone film. It's true of basically every cop procedural movie, you know, or buddy flick or whatever. The guy who the story is about has to be the one to tell you the information that anybody else in the story could possibly tell you. But if they did, you wouldn't believe it. It can't come from them. Hmm. The coroner in that hick town can't be smarter than the rest of the people in the town. The police chief can't be smarter. He can have misgivings about what's happening. Yeah. But he can't turn out to be... Right. Right. Yeah. Huh. Because it, because that doesn't play into the... It doesn't play into the dramatic conflict. Yeah, I guess. Conflict. It, it just... It seems... Uh, but, I mean, they're not even allowed to be right once. Well, actually, no, that's not no, true. No, that's not true. They can be. They can be right every once in a while, but... But the information that they give, they can give basic information about the crime scene, right? Yeah. Okay. It was night. The guy was killed. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple things. He's bleeding. But all the information dead. that's relevant to solving the crime has to come from the expert. Huh. Okay. If they had said he had been hit on the right side of the head, okay, uh-huh. by someone from behind, right, indicating that the guy who hit him from behind was right-handed, right, then or left-handed, whatever it turned out. Whatever it was, if that information had come from the police detective, from the from the deputy, yeah, you know, if he had said, "Well, dang, chief, even I can see that he's got a right side of his head bump, whatever," you know, yeah, 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 if that had happened, there would be no need for Tibbs to be there. Okay, they could literally put him on the train, and we could continue the movie saying, "Oh, that was an interesting side story where the black guy came to town, they arrested him, and then they put him back on the train because he wasn't relevant." Huh. It'd be a different movie. It would be a different movie, and it wouldn't have the same thing. But to keep him around, he has to be smarter than everybody else. He has to be. He has to be that guy. Even even movies where the protagonist is not the smartest guy in the room, he's still the smartest guy in the room. Yeah, because he's the only person that we're connecting with. And when we don't connect with those people, we have problems processing the film. Problems processing the story. Mm -hmm. So you know that's that's where this. All right. That's where that's this fair. is all leading. Well, it's just it, the thing is, is that this in this film, um, I don't know. It, maybe it's just the the whole. I I don't really. It. I want I want movies to. I like it when mi- movies mirror life, not necessarily I over exaggerate. I don't like funhouse mirrors. Funhouse okay. mirror movies. Okay. So want, okay. Go ahead. When I want something like this, a a cop drama or a. Or something like this, um, yep. Silence of the Lamb, which, which is coming up next week. Mm-hmm. Um, I want something that mirrors life as best it can. So you know, everybody is relatively competent. Everybody is, you know, has the ability to solve a crime. Mm-hmm. But the main character is the one who kind of puts it all together. So okay, I want. Th- you haven't seen Silence of the Lambs yet, have you? No, I haven't. Okay. Why? Same expert from outside. Really? You'll see. All right. 
Um, <laughs> anyway. Wow, yes. Yes, you will. But it's actually, <laughs> actually, that will be a very good illustration of my point, is that if the information in that particular crime comes from anybody other than the person it's coming from, you'll go, well, then why do we need him? What's he? What's what would he be here All right, for? Fair enough. And fair that's enough. and that can be a problem. That's when 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 movies don't work. When certain certain films don't work a hundred percent, it will usually be because of something like that. Okay. Because you can have narrowly drawn or not not very well fleshed out characters, who by serving their pur- purpose in the story, you know, can still be very very good. Okay. And they can still be very interesting to watch. You don't have to have. The backstory, knowing some guy has twelve kids and is, you know, he's a sharecropper and whatever else, you can, you can kind of brush over that. But he, he, if he delivers the information or the part of the story that he's supposed to deliver properly yeah. and within context of the characters that have already been built, then, then there you go. All right. Yeah. All right. So, um, speaking of plantations, uh, after they. <laughs> After they perform the autopsy, mm-hmm. um, they go and they pick up a guy who had the wallet of the engineer. Yes, they chase and him to the border. They chase him to the Arkansas border. That was hilarious. He was just <laughs> chasing him after him in the squad car. He On the like, bridge. Wasn't even like paying attention. He was just like just going maybe what maybe five miles an yeah, hour, something just like that. Right behind and him. The guy's running. And he passes him. The guy just stops. Yeah. Like ugh, I'm done. Yeah. He got caught. Got taken in. Um, the only one who seemed to have noticed that beside the only one who seemed to have noticed that he was left-handed was Tibbs, which again he's apparently smarter than everyone in the town mm-hmm. combined. He's the only one who can yeah. notice that information. He notices that he's left-handed, and they let him go. And then he, then Tibbs gets this bug up his ass that he thinks that it's the, it's the richest guy in town because he was the only one who would have a, <clears throat> a business-related motive. Right. So the competition. Right, the guy that's going to come into town and change yeah how they how they feel about and then stuff. Then he takes him up and uh, he takes him to a botanical garden, which they had found out he had. Um, the other thing was that the evidence of the um, there was soil on his shoes or in the car where he was murdered. It was a, it was a moss. Yeah, it was a moss that grows incredibly they, well. They put in, in they, that is used as a packing for orchids. Yeah, and the rich man. From the town grows orchids. Grows orchids. Right. So yes. there's right. A, there's more circumstantial evidence there. So this is the one point in the movie where um, where the uh, the hero makes a mistake, the fall. Definitely uh, the yes. death of the hero, um, and he makes a mistake and he gets he gets pimp slap and then he slaps him back. That's true. That the, he makes an accusation and the white dude smacks him and he immediately smacks the white dude back. And then he looks at the police chief and he doesn't do anything. Yeah, the police chief doesn't draw down on him and doesn't, uh, which, as he tells him, as they get him out of, outside, he's like, I should have shot you. Yeah. I could have shot you. The last I chief complete- would have shot you. Yeah, the last chief would have shot you. Yeah. For that, because that just doesn't happen. Yeah. So how did you feel about that? What did you What did you think of that? Um, that's, it's pretty accurate to the time that <clears throat> it was taking place. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was one of those things where, you know, the white man could kind of do whatever the fuck he liked when mm-hmm. it came to dealing with, um, with, uh, other people. <laughs> wow. Fuck, I'm, I'm doing my best to not sound racist, okay? So, You're me, doing very well. Give me a break. So, <laughs> I, but it's, it's still one of those movies where you watch it and you're just like, God, I hate being white. I, I really feel bad about this. Why do I feel so bad about this? Well... And that's kind of what the film is supposed to be doing 
um, to you. Yeah. Um, you're supposed to be feeling bad about um, the situation. Hmm. And the fact that it still resonates today, and even for you, because you have no... I have no context. No context for this. Yeah. I barely have context for it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it just, it's it's that sort of, it's that slice of American life that we would like to... This is the this is the part of America, American like history and Ameri- the American past where we say... Oh shit! That never happened. Yeah, come on. Everything yeah. was always. I mean, there was some. There was a. You know, there were a couple of like some fights, some maybe some riots and stuff. But basically, you know, it's been over. It's fun. been blown up out of proportion over time, and you know, and that's not that's not the case. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna say that we'll my just, grandparents. We'll just remember back to the '50s when none of this had happened yet, and that'll be awesome because then you know, because then we have in the '50s it was cool control. to be racist. No, I don't know that. I don't know that you could say that, but. There wasn't the, there wasn't the social upheaval that the '60s brought yet. True. So when you when you hear people talk about family values and and back to the '50s and that kind of stuff, it's like, oh, I see. When your power and authority were absolutely unquestioned because yep. people hadn't realized that they really could stand up to you yet. Yeah. And so we're just going to sit here and just say, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right, you're right. I would just like to point right. out that the people who say that the '50s were better live in a nostalgic time, and so. Here's the other thing that I have. yearn for a time that didn't exist. Anyway, yeah, they yearn for a time that didn't exist. But um, the thing is, is that we the, the the whole idea of not be of it being inappropriate to be racist is kind of a new concept in this country. You have to remember, we have we still have a generation of people that are still alive when it was when it was the norm to be when segregation was the norm. Mm-hmm. We have a generation of people that are still alive when that was normal. Yeah. And that's not going to change until they all die. Well, not all of them. Well, not all of them, but <laughs> my point is... is yeah, that yeah, no, I get, I, get what you, I get the point you're making. Yeah, yes. we're not going to have any kind of real change until we reali- until that is an abstract concept to all of us. The, right, but the do, we run the risk at that point, do we run the risk at that point of forgetting that that happened? Absolutely not. And You don't think so? Slavery is an abstract concept to us. Do we still have is slavery? It, st- we don't in the United States, That's but there's still point. slavery all over the world. Absolutely. But it's one of those Constantly. things where we abhor slavery. Uh, uh, but, we, but we tolerate it. We tolerate We do tolerate it, which is an unfortunate thing. But within our own country, it's an abstract concept to us. So it's Because not it's not practiced openly. Yes. But I guarantee you that there... But the, well, there I guarantee you slaves. that it is, it is happening... Here in this country, of course, and it may not be labor, but it's definitely you know it, it it has morphed into something else. Yeah, yeah. But you know, so so that also serves to or, or speaks to the point that this film is still relevant. That you you could still you could still take what's happening in this film and apply it to today. Yeah. And my my point about about do we are we in danger of of forgetting that this happened and mm-hmm. then saying well it never happened because we're getting to that point now. Yeah. You know. Holocaust deniers, yeah, you know. Oh well, sure, you know. That 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 seems like it was really bad, but but it didn't really happen. You know, it was all overblown and whatever, and it's just something we made up to make the Nazis look really really bad, so we could justify burning down the entire country and etc. Well, here's that kind the of thing: stuff. is that humans, but, right? No, yeah. I get I get that, but what I'm saying is that has happened, and mm-hmm. not all the people who actually experienced those things are dead yet. Yeah, the, but that's the majority of people on the planet weren't didn't experience that right so 
there's that, you know. So so I I agree with you technically. I do. I agree with you that that we need to get past. We need to get to a point where where we can say this is firmly in the past. Yeah. We're all equal. Everything like that. But I just want to be. You know. Just want to make sure that we're not running the risk of saying, okay. So now that nobody remembers it happening, did it really happen? Yeah. That is. So we have to be careful about that. That's true. And we're kind of straying off the point a little bit of the movie. I would just like to say that as as kind of a thing. I mean, would it be kind of a bad thing to have if if there was no if there was no slumping back to those values? Would it be such a bad thing if there were people who were civil rights deniers? Or oh hell yeah! You think it would be a bad thing? Yeah, we don't okay. need we don't need people to be. There's no. You know, yeah, there will be people always, and there are now that people are like, well, you know, these people aren't equal. This this person is less equal than me, whatever, and then they're full of shit and they oh, yeah. go fuck themselves. Absolutely. Um, but you know, there's always going to be that, and it's all going to always going to be about power. Yep. Um, but at the same time, we those people need to be silent. Uh, okay. Oy, silence. Wow. Silence is probably the wrong thing to say, but we those are... people need to be roundly shouted down. I mean, you can have all the opinions you want. It doesn't make you right. True. And you can go fuck yourself. So that went off on a tangent. Jesus Christ. Okay. Wow, okay. So so racially charged film from 1967 sets a guy born two years later off a little bit. Just a bit. Because it's still... Just a bit. It's still... Oh, fuck. You know, it's... Yeah. This thing that, that just... It, bug, it bugs me that there are people who are out there today who are saying things you know this didn't happen that didn't happen because you know because i didn't experience it so no because mankind isn't that bad that's the other thing is that man well fuck them mankind is mankind is the worst of all the kinds oh i'm I'm curious if (laughs) if there are if there are holocaust deniers who think that uh humanity is genuinely is an inherent is inherently good no, that's the other thing. I that believe that I believe that that is probably not going to be a hallmark of your your run of the mill Holocaust denial. I, I'm I'm curious because <laughs> are, are these people who don't believe that the Holocaust happened are under the assumption that, that humanity is inherently good and not capable of such atrocities? Yeah, no. or is it simply just you know wrong headedness? Wrong wrong headedness. So. All right. Yeah. Anyway, so after so all right Whitey, so so um. They they eventually they are able to solve the crime by in a weird sort of like what the f- what completely the hell unrelated yeah what, how did that guy become the guy that because okay so the crime it turns out that they pin the crime on Sam the detect the, the 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 deputy the deputy yeah because of some information they got from one of uh, from the guy at the diner right. Who says he saw this happen and that couldn't be because this other guy, blah, blah, whatever. Well, all right. So, and then all of a sudden, everybody's like, well, fuck, you know, all right, let's go arrest Sam. Yeah, except go, for... Go bring him Tibbs. in. Except for Tibbs, who knows he didn't do it. Yep. Um, and then it turns out that it's the diner guy. Yeah, because... Kind of out of the blue. And because because he was having an affair with the girl... Or no, he's his his the girl in the window is his sister. No, that's not right. No, um, see how fucking confusing it can okay, be. Okay, so there's right. this girl. So the guy who comes to the police station to accuse Sam uh-huh. was told by the diner guy, yeah, that Sam was sleeping with his sister. The sister being the woman in the window who's naked. She right. goes. She parades around naked when her brother's not home because he worked nights. 
yeah. someplace. It's okay. basically fuck you, brother. Yeah, basically. So, so, so she's pregnant, but she's pregnant by the diner guy, not or oh no, pregnant by the guy that they arrested for the for having the wallet. Right. Oh fuck! I don't know. All we I mean, know what the is hell? There's a pregnancy. It's like all of a sudden, it's like a fucking soap opera and weird. There's and... a pregnancy. There's an attempted abortion. He meet Tibbs meets like this like like Jamaican like abortion lady. That's um, right. Yes. This like oh out God, of the blue. Yeah, the old, hey, uh, a new character. Like the swamp. Yeah, like a swamp hag kind of a like. Oh, she's out there with a mysterious voodoo and you know everything. And she's like, yeah. ah, yeah, the moon. <laughs> all the all those things, and it's like, okay, so. What's going and and then he's like all up in her face. You dig? You dig? I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you away. I'm gonna put you. He's like threatening her. Yeah. And then they come and get him because they apparently know where he. They've got Tibbs. That's enough. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and Rod Steiger. Um, <laughs> Rod Steiger as the police chief. Um, generally, I I am very much a fan of Rod Steiger. I really like his. He's a great character actor. Um, look for his work in in Doctor Zhivago and and many other films from the '60s. But it was like he put on an early Pacino. Uh, yeah, he's like, I'm gonna do something in this role that Pacino's not even gonna think of until the late '80s. <laughs> and then he just yells, yeah, constantly. Yeah, he kind of just ah, damn it, get you know. So 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 after. All of that, all that shit. They cornered t- they, the whole the whole town with guns. All six of them. All six people corner Tibbs at a construction site, and then they he accuses. The no, they corner him at the they corner him at the at the uh, at the uh, old lady's place. At the old lady's place. Yeah, and they threaten to kill him. Uh huh. And then they end up shooting. The diner guy. The diner guy, because he's actually the guy who, yeah, it's... Who killed him, It yeah. just kind of, it, it really, it's one of those situations where I'm sure it really worked better in the book. Yeah, I'm sure it did. But it did not translate at all well. The movie was really, really good, and then it just sort of kind of comes off the rails in the last ten minutes. Yeah. And it's like, we, what? We check the timers, it's like, okay, now he's dead. How much of that time do we have left in this movie? Because there oh, might be seven more. minutes. Huh. Huh. Wonder how they're gonna wrap this up. Oh, they wrapped it up. Wow. Oh, shit, oh. that was quick. And, and there's the music, and he gets on the train and goes home. Yeah. So this this movie kind of strikes me as like uh, like kind of a sequel to the Last Picture Show. <laughs> it's like if you were to put, it's like like uh, another film in the in the Last Picture Show universe. Yeah, another yeah. film in the, like right, the, gotcha. the Last Picture Show, and like he comes like there's a murder in that town after um, Jeff Bridges leaves leaves town. Uh-huh. It's like I'll be back if I don't get shot. He yeah, gets on the bus and drives away. <laughs> and then the next shot is Tibbs pulling right. it on the yeah, train. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be awesome. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm. All right. Uh, did we cover everything? I think we did. All right. What did you think of this? Overall, I liked it. But like yeah. I said, it came off the rails in the last ten minutes. Yeah. and just didn't, didn't really... It didn't really c- come together. And it just sort of was like, um... Well, there's the ending. All right, blap. You, you know, know what's? You know, I I just thought of you. I like what, this podcast. Yeah, a little bit. Just, <laughs> but uh, before we go, I just realized that there's a film that I really liked, um, All the President's Men. That was a that was a very uh-huh. like reflection of life drama. Like okay. a mirror, yeah, sure. Like sure, life, sure, sure. like film imitating life rather than um, kind of this like trying to turn it into like an actiony chase mm-hmm. movie right. shit like that. Right. 
Um, yeah, because it was an investigation that nobody died in. Nobody got shot. Right. Um, you know, it was all very cloak and dagger, and it was still like, holy shit, that's awesome. Yes. So, no. So that was, um, what episode was that? That was uh, two episodes ago. Yeah. So episode 24. Yeah. You can you can look that one up if you want. Yeah, watch cool. watch all the presidents, man. Watch all these movies. They're all good, except yeah. for bringing up fucking baby. <laughs> oh my god, we go on hiatus for for a month and a half. That movie still makes me mad. Up, you bring up bringing up baby again. It makes me mad. Yeah, I, I hate that movie. All right, I hate it so much. So um, I'm at Mr. Bowen on the twitters. He's at the underscore fro. When I uh, post. Uh, we are at the Ketchup Guns for this official podcast uh, stuff. You can email us at 100ofsomething at gmail.com. And coming soon, we're going to have a 100 of something website that's pretty cool. Oh, shit. Uh, and then I've been saying that for like two months now. Um, and then there's a Facebook thing uh, that one person found. So good job. Um, it's a good job. And it's all going to come together here eventually. So we're back on a regular schedule now. So we will see you next week uh, when we have watched Silence of the Lambs. Huh. And that's going to be awesome because then we can compare it to uh, to In the Heat of the Night as far as uh, where you get your information from really matters in a movie. All right. Cool. Let's do it. And done. <laughs>